Indie Media. Yes, well, disturbing is a good word, and disturbing the sense to our civil liberties, disturbing to our sense of um, what it means to be a democracy where we don't highlight a particular group over other. But in regard to my initial reaction, unfortunately, this disturbance has been all too normalised and it's become day in, day out part of the conversations I, as a, both as a Muslim and as an academic, have uh, endured, belonged to and participated in. Muslim is now seen um, almost without question as something unwanted, unintegrated and a threat, uh, irrespective of the facts on the ground, irrespective of the diversity and the plurality within the way Muslims live their lives. Indeed. Uh, you wrote uh, a, a, an opinion piece for The Guardian uh, late last month in which you, you made a similar argument uh, that Muslim has become sort of a byword for uh, white anxiety uh, and, and, and racism, uh, really. I mean, can you pass out, I guess, to what extent is there legitimate concerns here that people have about the threat of terrorism? And to what extent is it, do you think, you know, just plain old-fashioned uh, racism? Look, um of course, there's concerns about security uh, for in, in face of multiple things. And terrorism, especially in the last 15 years, has risen to be one of those concerns, um, especially with the media coverage it gets, especially with uh, the attacks that we see throughout the world, um, and in particular attacks in Europe and liberal democracies. So concerns are one thing, of course. Um, it's not for me to tell people what to be concerned about, not to be concerned about. There's no... Uh, issue here of me trying to sweep a problem under the rug. Irrespective of concerns, it's the way we speak about concerns, it's the way we understand them, it's the way we frame them. And in many ways, concerns can also be racialized. It can, in a sense, be overly simplistic, essentialized, dependent on generalization, tired old orientalist narratives about the threat that erase the realities of the way Muslims live their lives in the Middle East and elsewhere in the Muslim world and, of course, in Australia. So, at one point, no one is dismissing concerns. Violence is a product and a reality of our world, but the way we talk about it, the way we understand it, the way we begin to try to address it, and in many cases, the way we call for solutions becomes somewhat problematic when they rely on racism. And in many ways, when I part of my article was to argue that the word Muslim has become somewhat more of a fiction than about a reality that we all live. Now, I want to read you a quote from Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull in response to this survey. He said today, and I quote, The Islamist terrorists have succeeded in raising levels of anxiety about Muslim immigration, about the role of Islam itself within Australia. The resolution of this conflict within Islam will ultimately depend on Muslims. So he's echoing this very common sentiment we see, certainly in the mainstream press, that somehow it's the Muslim community that is to blame for Islamic extremists and the terrorism of Daesh and so on, and really shedding the blame home for racism to, to Muslims themselves, which seems to me a very twisted logic. I mean, your, your comments there on the, on the Prime Minister's uh, statement. Yeah, look, um, concerns about Australia's borders and its supposed cultural purity and its corruption by hordes of immigrants have long pre predated debates about terrorism, long predated debates about Islamism and Islamist. I mean, Pauline Hansen has only changed um, Asian into Muslim rather than changed her tune or tapping into that long-existing white paranoia about the vulnerability of Australia's borders and so forth. So in a sense, this is an old conversation in a new way and heightened, if you will, because of the way the war on terror is discussed, covered, and because of the events of terrorism. So in one sense, it's 
to lay um, the responsibility of, for lack of a better term, white anxiety on the thing that creates white anxiety is to ignore historically how that's been formed. Um, secondly, I, I don't... I mean, I, I personally, as you probably guess, I'm totally opposed to this view that the Prime Minister puts forward that somehow Muslims are responsible to overcome the image that in many ways has never been their doing. Um, if we did have an image based on what Muslims do and believe and say, it would not be the one that we have currently in the media, currently part of our discourse. Islamophobia, um, and I'm not accusing the Prime Minister of saying this, but he is benefiting from an Islamophobic atmosphere. Islamophobia is not the result of what Muslims do, say, or act. Islamophobia is mostly the result of an anxiety that is historically formed, a sense of loss that Australia seemingly has about its culture, and it's, it's mostly built on fantasies. That's not to say there's no truth in concerns about Islam being different, no truth in concern about the rise of terrorism or anything of those sorts, but it's majority, mostly built on folklores and folk devils and so forth. And it's simply the result, therefore, um, of decades of misinterpreting who's to blame for racism. And throughout its history, racism has always laid the burden on the other, be that Indigenous Australian, Asian Australians, um, Southern European Australians, or Muslim Australians. And it's about time that, if to borrow the line, we as a country um, have a proper conversation and not start pointing fingers at, in this sense, the victim of uh, discrimination. One of the academics involved in the ANU poll, Jill Shepard, wrote an opinion piece for the ABC uh, today in which she said, and I quote, these findings tell a story of education. As respondents' educational qualifications increase, their concern about a possible rise of Islamist extremism in Australia and support for border protection policies as a counter-terrorism measure both decrease. So suggesting, obviously, that lack of education, uh, ignorance is, is, is a factor here. I guess that raises the question for me of how much of this is just actually virulent, hate-filled racism and how much of it is simply ignorance? Well, part, part of it is ignorance in the sense that but part of it's willful ignorance and like people don't want to make take the steps to know, to understand. And it's not a sense of agreement. I mean, you know, it's not like you learn Islam and you will agree with it or not. least there's multiple reasons why people understand religions or don't understand them. But there's also this um sense the hierarchy, if I can use that term, where in speaking about Islam as a in, you know, inferior way of values it's an opportunity for us to speak of our superiority and a lot of people are attached to that fantasy um it gives them some sense of being a gatekeeper of the country the original you know owners of this country and i speak here of white australia or those who and by white i don't mean skin color i mean the kind of imagination of australia belonging to one dominant cultural view um this begins to be more as i say um psychologically stitched to my sense of identity as an Australian. Now, yes, hatred is also part of it. Bigotry is also part of it. But often when I speak about racism, I always return it back to the issue of power. Um, and, and I go back to this issue, um, this idea of hierarchies, where those who want to speak about others not integrating, in doing so, they come across as, as I said, the gatekeepers of the country. We get to decide what is this thing we're integrating to. And I think that more than anything, racism is, as I said previously, 
built on fantasies. Now, that can translate and often does into hatred and subsequently violence. And racism as a historical phenomenon has been very, very violent. But I, um, forgive me if I'm um, rambling a little bit here, but we have to be cautious of not reducing racism to ignorance. Yes, it's part of it, but many people are ignorant about many things without ever being hateful, hateful or violent. Um, a lot of us don't know the details of many other religions without necessarily having an issue. It's only when this ignorance is tied to certain fantasies about who owns the country and what the country should look like. And it's that point that it becomes deeply problematic. Dr. Morsi, these ANU findings come hot on the heels of an essential media communications poll released last month, which found that 49% of respondents agreed to a blanket ban on Muslim immigration to Australia, which again, I think is a very disturbing finding. If I could ask a slightly more personal question, I mean, how does that uh, make you feel as as a Muslim Australian? How does it make your, your friends feel in terms of that kind of personal dimension? I, I mean, certainly I've read commentaries from Muslim Australians saying that, that you know, they no longer, in some respects, feel welcome in this country, that it is a climate uh, of fear, a climate of fear and intimidation uh, for Muslim Australians that is increasingly uh, developing. Yep, um Plenty of friends and family members and circles and community circles had similar sentiments about being shocked, hurt. Um, I myself, uh, mainly because it's what I do, it's what I work on, um, my first reaction was kind of like familiar chuckle. I, I laughed a little bit because even to this day, I don't know what Muslim immigration means. I've been trying to think about it. And it's it's strange because the way international communities are set up around nation states, we don't have a category, a legal category of religion that allows borders to be opened or closed. We don't, it's not the way we operate. If it was, the world would significantly change. That's not to say there's no racial discrimination, but I, you know, we, firstly, we already have very strong and stringent laws um, in place to decide who comes to this country and who doesn't. You know, one of the harshest and most difficult places to come to Australia. Sometimes, that's not to say we're not welcoming and all that, but that's the first issue. Secondly, what, what is Muslim immigration? And for me, it seemed like, again, I go back to the initial point. It's just using the word Muslim as an anxiety-inducing word because, um, for example, India has 135 million Muslims as a minority. What are we going to say to the Indian government? Please make sure that all your citizens put their religion on their passports or when they apply for citizenship. How do you even test it? How do you begin to say, are we saying all Muslims irrespective of their views, values, secularism, liberalism, or otherwise, it's, it becomes really problematic when one unpacks it. And that's the problem. It's not meant to be unpacked. It's simply meant to be stated as a way, as a, as a, a lightning rod for particular attitudes about this notion that Australia should remain pure in a particular way. And the Muslims come to signify impurity. That's all it is. It, and as I go again... If one looks, if one takes a close look at the realities of the world we live in, we are so interconnected, so dependent in many ways on parts of the Muslim world through resources and otherwise, that it, the Muslim, in quotation marks, the Muslim that is part of this poll, part of these discussions, is merely a fiction of threat. That's all it is. That's not to say, and I've got to repeat this, this is time and time again, one of the criticisms is all, all of us have our you know, head in the sand, we're sweeping under the rug. No one's denying that there is a threat of terrorism. But the way we talk about it, the way we make it a cultural issue, 
the way we make it a religious issue is skewing the debate and ignoring the realities in which we live. Finally, Dr Morsi, in a month's time we may have a presidential candidate who's called for a blanket ban on Muslim migration in the United States uh, uh, winning the presidency. We have Senator Pauline Hanson saying that Australia is in danger of being swamped by Muslims. We have these poll findings. It's a pretty grim picture, but uh, do you have any hope in, I guess, the short to medium term in terms of beginning that kind of conversation, uh, in- increasing understanding of, of Islam, Muslim Australians, etc.? Et How hopeful are you of that kind of conversation taking place? Well, to an extent, I mean, racism will exist for a long, long time, but so will its opponents. And maybe in this current climate that we have, the way we talk about racism seems to be uh, to generate more pessimism. Um, with the likes of Trump and Hanson and whatnot, it, it comes off the back of, of the decade and a half, if not more, about the way we have naturalized talking about Muslims and where we were statements that we, you'd hope, should no longer belong to the supposed liberal progressive society now become part of the norm. I mean, we've had people call for mass deportation on the extreme end, there's calls for genocide, there's calls for bombings of countries, and we've seen, we've kind of got used to the idea that Syria, Iraq, and these places should be filled with violence and hemorrhaging massive amounts of refugees, and it's just become part and parcel. So there's a sense of... Uh, dehumanizing that's been going on to the likes of which um, Trump and Hanson can come out and with the most simplistic and forgive me, stupidest of comments come across as offering solutions to a problem they clearly don't understand. But again, it's not about reality. It's not about the world. It's just about performing performing this um, kind of gatekeeper against the threat of the so-called quote-unquote Muslim who's, you know, here to steal our values and our wealth and in some cases corrupt our democracies and so forth. So it is it is the result of something. Now, as for me, I, I try and this is almost impossible <laughs> I, I try not to be swayed by how I personally feel about it, although racism is deeply personal in the sense of the way it affects you and that said, I'll go back to the only optimistic comment that allows me to keep moving. As long as racism is around, there will be those who fight it. And I hope those who fight it grow more in number.